Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. From Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 9. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 9. It's already Episode 8, meaning we only have two more episodes before the end of this season, and we start to look forward towards Season 10. Remember, your true paranormal experiences are what make the dark paranormal the show that it is. So if you've been sitting on a true paranormal experience and for some time you've been meaning to send it in, we already have a plethora of true paranormal experiences for season 10. But if you have an experience that you believe would suit the dark paranormal format, send it on over. The dark paranormal at hotmail.com. Well, here we are within that limbo land between Christmas and New Year. And on that topic, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, if indeed you celebrate it. So I'm sure you're wondering what sort of topic we're going to be covering on today's show. We're not the usual type of show to follow a Christmas-themed format, and therefore there will be no festiveness in today's episode. The only present being received today will be over 30 minutes of terror, from a story the types of which I personally have never heard before. It's a true paranormal experience that spans decades and continents, and shows well and truly that the paranormal is not only able to cross continents and oceans and time, but worryingly can transfer itself across an audio medium. Maybe even a podcast. Who knows? But for everyone's sake, hopefully not. But of course, before we get to today's true paranormal experience, we need to thank our wonderful new team members over at Patreon. When you become one of our team members, not only do you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, 
but you can also receive the entire back catalogue of our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is released each and every week, even on the downtime in between seasons. And of course, with a season break due in just two episodes' time, that means you will never miss your paranormal fix. We have built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. Just like these wonderful new team members have, Elizabeth Ashley, Erin Ramirez, Gretchen Fisher, Ash, Karen Haig, Tonya Downing, Risa, Peter Lisa Zaburu, Amy Sawyer Fisher, Sam, Rachel Stubbs, Rebecca Nance, Izzy Smith, Tiffany Cunningham, David Tompkins, Catherine Green, Raina Kreshner, Ursa, Amelia Kutz, Gabriella Rodriguez, Jason Meikle, Monica Long, Nancy, Alexander C, Crystal Kirkland, Brenda Haig, Annie and Chris W. Thank you so much for the support, guys, and I sincerely hope you enjoy the early releases and, of course, all of those Dark Bites episodes to binge on. Don't forget, if you'd like to join the team, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. But right now, it's time to lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and, of course, leave your disbelief at the door, as we hear all about a darkness from India. I'd like to keep my name anonymous if I may, but for the sake of the experience, you can call me Andrew. I'm in my mid-fifties now and divorced from my former wife of barely a year. Gita, again, not her real name. My experience begins about a year before our marriage in 1998. To start with, the early part of our relationship weren't easy to say the least. You see, I'm a Nottingham man through and through, and Gita was from Birmingham. We met at university and hit it off immediately. However, Gita's mother and father are both Indian, having moved over in the early 60s from New Delhi. To say me and Gita's parents never saw eye to eye would be the understatement of the century. They were both very traditional and wanted Gita to marry within their culture. At least, that's what I surmised, with a series of ongoing offhand comments and not-too-hidden digs within my presence. Gita, on the other hand, was always a bit of a rebel. During breaks in term time, during uni... She would often lie to her parents that she needed to stay on campus for extra work, as opposed to travelling back to Birmingham, just to avoid them. I lived with my parents during uni, and they were more than okay with Gita staying with us during those midterm breaks. Parental approval aside, our relationship flourished, and we spent as much time together as we could. When uni finished, we both quickly found work and could afford our own place. Nothing too fancy, just a nice little two-bed semi-detached house in a decent area with a small garden out the back. Shortly after this, I proposed to Gita whilst on holiday in Paris and she accepted without a second thought. The one thought that weighed on both of us, however, was going back to tell her parents. We discussed in great detail our plan of action about how we would go about it. 
deciding it best that we would choose a restaurant and do it in a public setting, hoping in some way to minimise any potential fireworks. Then, the day before we were due to travel down, Gita got a call from her mother to inform her that her grandmother, on her mother's side, had passed away. Obviously, this not only threw a spanner in the works of our planned announcement, but it also brought a whole new purpose for our trip. We were now travelling to comfort Gita's parents following their loss, as opposed to hopefully celebrating our engagement news. And so, rings removed and hidden, we made our way down to Birmingham. Gita's mother always made more of an effort with me than her father did. Usually, he wouldn't even talk to me, and would pass information to Gita or her mother for my attention, even if I was in the same room, such as tell him to move those shoes, the one time I'd entered the house and apparently placed my shoes in the wrong location. But on this trip, her father was gracious and courteous, greeting me by my name and shaking my hand. To say I was taken aback was an understatement. Gita's mother burst into tears upon seeing us, hugging Gita deeply and even moving on to a hug for myself. I wasn't sure if this was finally acceptance, but I certainly wasn't fighting it. I suggested in private to Gita, giving the seeming change in dynamic, that maybe we should still go through with the announcement. But she quickly shot that idea down, exclaiming the family was in grief mode and we shouldn't take advantage of it. Fair point, I guessed. Besides, we could wait. There was no need to rush. Or at least, so we thought. That evening, Gita's father took us all out for dinner, and, in a way which could only seem normal coming from him, opened proceedings by saying, Now, listen, your grandmother's passing isn't the only news we have. Gita's mother started crying into her handkerchief. This wasn't going to be good. I have cancer. It's terminal, and I've only a few months at best. But I want no crying or upset. He pointed and almost shouted that part at Gita, who was already sobbing from her chest. So, he continued, There, it said, We'll deal with everything as a family, and we'll all be okay. Now, choose your meals. It was brutal, but brave and surreal at the same time. I think I just buried my head in the menu, whilst holding Gita's hand as it moved in conjunction with her juddering chest, trying her best to hold back those tears. The next few weeks were a bit of a blur, with Gita going back and forth from her parents, her reasoning being to arrange some aspects of the funeral for her grandmother. But obviously, she also wanted to spend as much time as she could with her father. There was some debate about Gita joining her mother to travel to India for the grandmother's funeral given her dad wouldn't be able to physically travel given his condition. However, her grandmother lived and died in a place called Mayong, a small village in the northeast of the country. And the journey itself at that time was a lengthy one. Two flights and a lengthy bus ride in either direction. So, although Gita reluctantly offered to join her, 
Gita's mother seemed quite vocal and happy to make the pilgrimage alone. So Gita attended to her father, whilst her mother attended the funeral. One day I visited Gita and her father, ordering a takeaway meal and trying to further forge some sort of relationship with him. Conversation moved on to the passing of Gita's grandmother and her mother attending the funeral, which was scheduled for that day. It's one blessing of this damn cancer, her dad said in between mouthfuls of food, that I don't have to travel to that damn place. Dad, Gita snapped, that's an awful thing to say. Gita's father's eyes widened, and he forcefully jabbed his fork into the bowl of food. Looking Gita in the eye, he pointed with each word. That place is full of witches. You need three heads just to stay watchful over there. Gita rolled her eyes and shook her head at me. When we got a moment to ourselves, I asked what her dad meant by that comment. She again shook her head. Dad's always said Mayong is full of black magic. She used air quotes on the words black magic. Him and mother used to have big blow-ups where he'd end up calling my grandma a witch for living there. Oh, right, I said. And then, always being interested in this type of thing. And is there anything to it? Gita's face told me I shouldn't even have asked the question, and I sheepishly looked away. I like the place, she eventually replied. I've been over a few times. It's very rural, but it has lovely scenery in places. Nana used to keep a room for me at her house. I've not been in years, but she always tried to keep it as though she thought I'd like it. Posters on the wall... She'd buy pop tapes and leave them by the small tape player in the room. She smiled to herself, clearly thinking back on the times with her grandmother. The following week, Gita's mother returned, and we travelled back down to Birmingham to see her. If anything, her mother seemed refreshed, like she'd been for a spa stay as opposed to a funeral. The place has changed so much, Gita, she said. Then she raised her hand and said... Oh, actually, I've just remembered. She ran upstairs and came down with a long black plastic cassette holder, the type that could hold around 20 old TDK cassettes. She handed it over to Gita. These are all your old tapes from your room at your grandmother's. I managed to squeeze them into my case. Gita welled up as she took the box and opened it, showing a mix of clearly pirated cassette albums and some scribble-down mixtapes. Thanks, Mum. That's a lovely gesture, said Gita, wiping her eyes. The following week, we decided it was finally time. We made no great plans. We just arrived unannounced to her mum and dad's, both brandishing our engagement rings. Neither of them noticed for the first 20 minutes. So finally, Gita piped up. So, we're engaged. She raised her wedding finger to show the ring, and I hesitantly followed suit. Her mother placed her hand to her chest with a half-smile. Her dad remained quiet for seemingly an age. He then had a coughing fit, which had us all stood up and gathered around him. Go! He spluttered through his coughs. Go! 
pushing away with his hand. Her mother gave us a sympathetic look while she rubbed his back. Go for now. It'll be fine. We'll talk. It's just a bit of a shock for him. We drove back in silence. I felt really bad for Gita, as I could tell she felt awful on my behalf and also angry at the situation. Just a shock, she finally muttered. Just what you want to hear when you're talking about your engagement. I rubbed her knee and told her not to worry, it would all be fine. The black cassette holder was on her lap as she sat in the passenger seat. She opened it and flicked through the cassette, smiling. Random albums from R.E.M. to The Beatles. God, there's some of my old mixtapes in here, she said, picking up a blank tape box with Gita's Mix, Do Not Tape Over, in capital letters written on the inlay. She picked up one tape and studied it more carefully than the others. I've no idea what this one is. That's not my writing. I glanced as I drove. The writing appeared to be Hindi. Do you even know Hindi? Gita shrugged. I know parts. I think that word is corporal or something. Well, we have a tape player at home so we can check it out later, I said. When we got back, Gita said, I've been thinking about the wedding and maybe we should try and move it forward so my dad can, well, you know. I nodded in reply. She needn't have been so anxious. I'd kind of expected the request and had even thought of it myself. Yeah, I was thinking similar, I replied. And so that's exactly what we did. We cancelled our original date. We found a much smaller venue and managed to get a date booked for just one month's time. Gita's mother let it be known that her dad was quietly ecstatic that we'd changed the date, and that his initial reaction was due to the fact he thought he wouldn't be able to walk his daughter down the aisle. Even though we toned down the original plans, the rescheduling and short timescale really took its toll on both of us and one evening, after a day of manically calling round to cancel some things and book others, we collapsed on the couch with a bottle of wine. I'll put some tunes on, I said, and headed over to the stereo. Gita sipped her wine and waved her finger. Hey, hey, stick that tape on, the one with the Hindi writing. Let's see what it is. So I opened the black plastic box, put the tape in the player, and hit play. At first it sounded blank. Hire it up, Gita prompted as she sat forward on the couch. Quite low, a woman's voice could be heard, as if she was talking into a built-in microphone of a tape player. I couldn't make out what was being said. Is it just shh, said Gita, holding her finger in the air with a concerned look on her face. That's Nana's voice. She's speaking Hindi. I kind of just froze, believing Gita was understanding what was being said. What's she saying then? I whispered. Gita shrugged. No idea. I can pick out the odd word. She pulled a face. Well, she said death about three times so far. Is it a will, maybe? I asked, 
Gita frowned as if it was a stupid question and carried on listening. My, my offer to you or, or my bargain with you or similar, said Gita, continuing her broken half translation. There's death again. A creepy laugh came from the speakers from her grandmother. So much so we looked at each other and pulled a what was that face. Then the sentences became fragmented. Always, said Gita, straining to hear. Silence. By my life or with my life, she's saying, said Gita. It's weird, it's like she's having a conversation with someone, but you can only hear grandmother's side. I stopped the tape and Gita went over to answer the phone. The way she crumpled into the chair next to the table, I knew what she'd just been told. Her father had passed away. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. 
Parker, engineering your success. As she sat there in tears to her mother on the phone, I'll never be able to explain what happened next. Even though we were both a good few feet away from the stereo, the tape turned itself back on, which required a physical push of a button. Her grandmother's laughter played through the speakers once more. Gita, thinking I'd just insensitively had gone back and pressed play, covered the receiver and shouted, Are you for fucking real? And I shot over and stopped the tape, making sure to fully take it out of the player so it couldn't happen again. But how the hell did it happen in the first place? As you can imagine, both mentally and physically, we were all over the place for the next few weeks. We literally had to break days into wedding plans and funeral plans. And then, things started to happen around the house. As if to exacerbate the stress we were already under. It started with documents. We were pristine organisers. So when deeds and certificates started going missing, we began to blame each other. We only realised we may not be the culprits when one evening, Gita got into bed and lay her head on the pillow to be greeted with the sound of paper being crinkled. Each of the missing documents, four in total, were found placed neatly under that bedroom pillow. We both straight away knew neither of us would either A. prank each other in this way or B. place them in such a bizarre location. Next was something I can't explain to this day. I was the only one at home in the middle of the day and was reading a contract for work while slowly walking down the stairs when I hit something like a solid wall, but directly in the middle of the stairs. I literally repelled off it and fell on my backside, dropping the sheet of paper. There seemed to be like a static charge coming from this certain step. I froze, and then began walking slowly backwards away from whatever this thing was, holding onto the banister... Suddenly, from behind, something pushed hard on both of my shoulders. I fell forwards, trying to stay on my feet, reaching out for wherever I could. The banister, the wall. I passed through the static step on my descent and heard a word whispered in both ears as I did so. It wasn't English, but it sounded like shepherd. By sheer chance, I managed to stay on my feet all the way down the stairs albeit at a pace that saw me crash into the coat stand and land flat against the wall. Given what Gita was already going through, and the fact I had no idea what had actually happened, I decided to keep this occurrence to myself. Then came what I still hope was a night terror. I woke one evening to a hand coming around the bedroom door, then another then a third, then a fourth. Then a head I can only describe as being almost gunmetal grey, with a long, curled moustache 
peering around the door. It moved silently from the door to the foot of the bed in a fluid motion. Its arms seemed to be the cause of its propulsion, although it had legs. All the while, I couldn't move, or barely breathe. Its face was unmoving, as if set like a mask. Then, it knelt at the foot of the bed, and its eyes slowly lit up a low orange light, like the end of a cigarette. That's when its jaw opened slowly and unnaturally wide, and it slowly moved its mouth down over my exposed feet. I'd never felt fear like it. This thing was going to bite my feet off, for God's sake. And right then, as its mouth was about to close, Gita shook me awake, saying I was whimpering in my sleep and asking if I was okay. I was covered in sweat. I tried to find the words. I... I, I there was... There was this... Thi- there, was, there was this thing... From downstairs there came a noise which made Gita jump out of bed and charge down the stairs. She was many things, but fearful was generally not one of them. I slowly threw on a robe, still trying to come to terms with my ordeal, and followed her down the stairs. What the hell? I heard her say. As I joined her, you could see across the living room that the black cassette box had been opened and emptied. Gita instinctively walked into the living room and began picking up the cassettes, putting them back in their rifle boxes. There's a space here, she said, holding out the box. One must be still on the floor. She bent down and looked under the couch, but it wasn't there. I could see it, the missing tape. It was the one of her grandmother's voice, and it was stood upright next to the tape player. I felt a chill run down my spine. Gita, however, just said, Oh, there it is, and placed it back in the box. Job done in her mind, and she placed the box back under the stereo. How the hell did that happen, do you think? I asked. Gita just shrugged. Well, we were both drunk when we had it out, so we mustn't have put it back properly. And with that, she toddled off back to bed, lights out, and was asleep within minutes. I, on the other hand, did not get a wink of sleep until the sun rose. A week to the day of Gita's dad's funeral was our wedding day. So to say emotions were high would be an understatement. But we got through the day, and it was a very beautiful affair, although rather muted. Obviously, the absence of Gita's father hovered over the entire service and reception like a dark cloud. Totally understandable, of course. The morning following the wedding, Gita was in a state I'd literally never seen her like before. She looked wild, as if she hadn't slept for weeks and was running on sheer adrenaline alone. When I finally sat her down and asked her what's wrong, She kept looking around as if she was paranoid that we were being listened to. Come to the garden, she whispered. Okay, now I was getting freaked out. She led me by the hand to the bottom of the garden near the back fence, and, making sure her back was to the house, whispered, 
Something's in the house. I looked at the house, then back at her. Like an intruder or someone, I replied. She shook her head. Thing, something is in the house. I wasn't sure what to say. Thankfully, she filled the silence. I know this sounds insane, but my dad came to me in the night, and he warned me. He shook me awake and said we have a Rakshasha in the house. I must have looked confused. A Raks, a demon, she interrupted. I half nervously laughed, but the other half of me knew there was something to it. I tried to joke. Well, maybe we're both just a little hungover. And then, and it was so unbelievably out of character for her, she slapped me full force across the face. She turned on her heels and walked out of the side back gate, shouting, I'm going to mum's. She got in the car and she drove off. I stood there in total shock. And that's when I saw it. In the back bedroom, stood perfectly still, was a completely black, human-looking shape. Like a silhouette, but one with four arms. I blinked hard and looked back, and it was gone. But Gita was right. Something was in our home. Not knowing what else to do, I called Gita's mother, telling her everything that had been taking place right up to that moment, and explaining that she should expect a rather distraught daughter to be arriving soon. She remained silent on the phone for at least a few minutes, before saying she would travel back up with Gita as soon as she arrived. Now, I believed what she was going to do was to sit us both down and give us an ear-bashing about how married life can be a struggle and both of us need to focus and put the effort in, etc. Instead, when they eventually arrived, Gita walked straight over to the tape player and put in the tape of her grandmother's voice, passing her mother the empty cassette with the Hindi writing on it. Gita's mother took out her reading glasses from her bag and read the writing on the cassette insert. It sounded like she said, Ood Corpus, in a shocked voice, and then threw the cassette down on the chair beside her. She walked hastily over to the stereo and ripped the tape from the player, unravelling the tape from within, ream after ream, until she'd snapped it completely from the casing. She gathered the remains together and handed them to Gita. Take this outside at once and burn it. But, Gita, get it out of this house and set fire to it immediately. Hearing the tone in her mother's voice, I grabbed a metal bin from the kitchen and a lighter from the drawer along with some newspaper and followed her outside. What the fuck's going on? I muttered to Gita. Gita was shaking as she tried to start the lighter. In the car, on the way here, Mum said Nana was a witch. A dark witch. The lighter finally sparked to life and she lit the corner of the newspaper. She thinks that tape was a spell in case anything in her house was stolen and if someone decided to play it, they'd be cursed. She dropped more newspaper into the burning bin before placing the tape directly in the centre of the flame. 
Doesn't that seem a bit over the top for stealing? Gita shrugged nervously. I'm just repeating what she told me. Who knows what it is, really, she replied. And what's this supposed to do? Does this get rid of it? Gita looked at me sternly now. How do I fucking know? This is all new to me too, you know. I just ran my hand through my hair repeatedly. When we returned to the living room, Gita's mother was hurriedly packing Gita a bag of clothes. I can't have you sleeping in this house. You're to stay with me until you find somewhere else to live. Gita nodded and put her coat on. Although I knew that even as man and wife, there was no way I would be staying under Gita's mother's roof, I did still obviously feel abandoned. Andrew, I suggest you go home to your parents until you can both find a new home. This one is ruined, said Gita's mother, and with that, they left. In fairness, I had no other option. I certainly didn't want to stay there alone, and so I did move back to Mum and Dad's, and we put the house on the market. Thankfully, it sold quickly. But despite me explaining to Gita that she could easily come and live with me at my mum and dad's, and in the meantime we needn't be apart, she refused, saying she didn't want to leave her mother so soon after her father's death. Which seems reasonable, but to me, seemed more like an excuse. And so we tried living separately, and spending the odd night together here and there, both living under the promise that this was all temporary and we'd soon be in our new home. But in reality, the nights we saw each other grew less and less. The excuses to not make the journey became more frequent, and sadly, before our first anniversary, we both decided to call it a day. I've never remarried, out of choice more than anything. Gita did remarry, an Indian man, and they have a lovely family together, I believe. But is whatever we unleashed in the house still there? I've no idea. But I will say I've taken the liberty of driving past a few times over the years. And each time, there's been a for sale sign in the front garden. So, who knows? Thank you for taking the time to read my experience. Andrew Wow, Andrew, thank you so much for sending in your true paranormal experience. I mentioned it at the start of the episode, and I truly meant it. We've never received a story like that before. Although we have on several episodes asked the question whether the paranormal can move via audio, such as a recording. And if your experience is anything to go by, it would appear the answer is terrifyingly, yes. And that slightly worrying realisation brings us to the end of Episode 8 of Season 9. For our Patreons, I will speak to you again on Sunday for yet another episode of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I will see you this time next week for the penultimate episode of Season 9. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, Always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next week, here, on The Dark Paranormal.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.